Sapphire, Chapter 3 As the taxi made its way to Brook Street, the driver kept his radio tuned to a 90s rock station. Natasha sat in the passenger seat. Fiona could be heard in the back, singing along to Today by the Smashing Pumpkins. So Sapphire, he asked after a while, isn't that that new place that just opened up? That's the one, Natasha said. Tonight's the first night, Fiona said. They approached a junction where they were stopped by traffic lights. The taxi driver used the opportunity to flick through the stations. He settled on one that was in the middle of playing Take On Me by AHA, which everyone hummed along to in unison. Your brave girl's going out after that one went missing. What was her name again? Samantha, Natasha said. We'll be okay, as long as we stick together, Rebecca said. He took them to the edge of Brook Street. It was one of those old, medieval-style streets with a cobbled thoroughfare running through the middle of the footpaths instead of a road, so he couldn't take them all the way to the building. He collected his fare and reminded them one more time to keep safe. What a weirdo, Rebecca said after he drove off. Really? I thought he was nice, Natasha said. Played some good music, Fiona said. You two need to reassess your standards, Rebecca said. Natasha made a face. Oh Jesus, is that the line? Fiona asked. Ahead was a massive queue of perhaps hundreds of people, crowded together and extending beyond the shuttered shops. The three of them had no choice but to join the end of the line and wait patiently. They folded their arms and shivered through the night, clinging to the small solace that because this was opening night, the club would be prepared to handle big numbers. This proved to be the case as once they started letting people in, the line dwindled down rapidly. By the entrance, a gang of burly bouncers were turning away droves of people for having fake IDs, no IDs, being too drunk or being on the wrong type of intoxicant. Fiona and Rebecca only had to flash their IDs to be granted access, but Natasha was held up. The bouncer scrutinised her ID closely. Skepticism was written plainly across his face, and to be fair, she could understand why. She had changed a lot since that picture was taken a few years back. She'd lost a bit of weight along with the rest of her acne. Eventually, he took pity on her and granted her access. Sighing with relief, she rejoined her friends and made a mental note to get that license updated in the near future. At the stand inside, each of them paid their entry fee. In return, they were stamped on the back of their hands with a blue planet, probably Neptune, and the word Sapphire written diagonally through it. As they sauntered down the corridor, the walls trembled with heavy bass. They strode past the coat check and emerged into the club proper, which was lit by a bright blue luminous light. Tonight's DJ was a bald man with a pencil-thin moustache. Natasha had no idea if he was famous, but those beneath were wild and enthusiastic as he danced across the stage and demanded that they throw their arms up in the air. There was still a lot of space to move around, but the club was filling up fast. Fiona made a drinking gesture and Natasha and Rebecca nodded. They made for the bar, eager to quench their firsts. It was important to load up now, before the club had capacity and ordering drinks would become a colossal pain. All three of them opted for an overpriced alcohol pop. Natasha's bubblegum splash came in a glass bottle, which was handy in a club environment, as it was easier to navigate with than an open glass. Thanks to some sharp vision by Fiona, they soon managed to snag a table just next to the railings by the dance floor. They had barely set their drinks down when Rebecca requested that they gather in for a picture. 
Natasha gave perfunctory smiles for any she was asked to participate in. Thankfully, that wasn't a lot, as Rebecca mostly wanted pictures of just herself and Fiona. In those moments, Natasha occupied herself with people watching. As more and more filtered in, they conjugated mostly around the bars and dance floor. The DJ, who announced himself as DJ Simbo, had very particular tastes. The majority of the stuff he played were club remixes of Rihanna, Beyonce and Janelle Monet songs. They were poor imitations of otherwise great songs, but Natasha was getting drunk and infected by the electric atmosphere. Soon she was swaying her body along to the beat, almost dancing in her seat. That was when she noticed someone watching her. Directly opposite their table, leaning on the railing at the other side of the dance floor, was a toned, brown-haired man around their age. Judging by those next to him, he was tall, over six foot. The odd thing about him was that he didn't look away like anyone else would when caught stealing a glance. Instead, he met and held her gaze confidently until she was the one who averted her attention, suddenly becoming self-conscious. After a few minutes, Fiona said, Natasha, I think someone's giving you the eye. Oh, who would that be? That tall fellow across the dance floor, the good-looking one. No way. Rebecca leaned between them. That one hasn't been able to keep his eyes off me since we got in. She said it in her playful, exaggerated tone to indicate it was only a joke. Natasha knew better though. Rebecca had a gift for making such statements in a seemingly non-confrontational way. She simultaneously staked her claim while making others feel stupid if they argued. That made Natasha think longingly of Peter's blue Honda. When it had still belonged to Peter's dad, Peter used to sneak out and collect Natasha from her house in secret. That's where she received her first kiss, her first love bite and her first under the bra action. The kiss had been the best. The night had happened so spontaneously, Peter picking her up, her climbing in, them listening to music up in the hills, her heart felt like it was going to burst out of her chest from sheer exhilaration. But those memories were tarnished now. They were four years into their relationship when they were invited to Caitlin Harper's house party. Fiona became sick from drinking too many gin and tonics and Caitlin offered her spare room. Natasha had promised to stay and take care of her friend. Peter who was sober due to work commitments the following day, offered to give Rebecca a lift home, as it was on the way. That was when it had happened. Natasha hadn't thought twice about them going together. She trusted them. Peter sent her a text that night, telling her how much he loved her, and she'd gone to sleep next to Fiona, thinking about how lucky she was. After that, he avoided her, ghosting her for almost two weeks. Natasha expressed her worries to her friends. She just didn't know what she'd done wrong. That's when the truth exploded out of Rebecca. The way she'd done it was the worst. She paused between sniffs and sobs, as if her feelings were the ones that had been hurt the most, and now she was showing some remarkable piece of character. Perhaps even worse than that was how Natasha had bought into her act, patting her on the back and thanking her for telling the truth. She'd been so angry with Peter that it seemed easy to forgive Rebecca by comparison. He was the one who was sober. He was the one who had ghosted her. But in this last year, as she came to terms more with her pain, Natasha had come to realize that Rebecca was far from innocent. Sex was not an accident. It didn't just happen, like slipping on the floor or dropping a fork. There were boundaries and decisions to be made. Yes, she was drunk, but only tipsy from Natasha's recollection. And that didn't excuse her behavior. Are you okay, Nat? Fiona asked. 
Natasha, realizing she drifted off, returned her attention to the table. Uh, yeah, he's probably looking at Rebecca. Oh, I'm just messing with you. Rebecca nudged her arm, but even then, she was still staring at the boy. As the night wore on, Natasha grew more and more certain that he was indeed looking at her. She caught his eyes more than a few times, and with each separate occurrence, he would hold her gaze so intently that a small shiver ran down her spine. There was something else about him, an aura. Oddly though, he actually sort of looked like Peter, only taller, with a better physique and more maturity on his face. When Natasha managed to stop gawking, she asked her friends if they fancied a dance. She needed some outlet for this pent-up energy. But we're already next to the dance floor, Rebecca said, and it's so busy. Once we give up our table, we'll be on our feet for the rest of the night. Natasha raised an eyebrow. I thought that was the point of coming to a club. To dance? You can dance if you like, Fiona said. We'll hold down the fort. But Natasha thought that, based on how Fiona held her face up, and the longing way with which she watched those on the dance floor, that she probably wanted to be out there too. That was another issue. Ever since they were children, Fiona had allowed herself to always be dictated by the whims of Rebecca. Suppose I can just sit here then, Natasha said. Oh, don't be such a grump, Rebecca said. I'm not being a grump. Rebecca unlocked her phone and held it aloft. Good, because I want you smiling in these pictures. Well, that was something. At least people seeing the pictures on social media would think that they had fun. Natasha observed Rebecca closely, in a documentarian-like fashion. She spent so much of her life on that device, snapping so many pictures and messaging people who weren't in the room. In the brief moments that she managed to pull her attention away from the screen, she made suggestive eyes towards the lad on the other side of the dance floor. Whether he noticed or not was another matter. Had Rebecca always been this self-absorbed, or was this just something she'd learned since leaving Figley? No, she had always been like this. It had been easier to ignore before the incident with Peter. If anyone had changed significantly, it was Natasha. She no longer had the patience for bullshit. Her thoughts spiralled in her head. She tried to drown them in alcohol, but images kept invading of Peter and Rebecca, stretching out on the back seat of the blue Honda, bodies compressed and slapping against each other. Are you okay, Nat? Fiona asked. I'm fine. You sure? You look like you're about to be sick. I'm alright. Rebecca laughed. You don't look it. You have a severe scowl in all these pictures. Maybe that's just my face. Alright, calm down. Rebecca recoiled and placed an indignant hand on her chest. I'm only joking. There's no need to take that tone with me. I'll take whatever tone I like. Maybe you should take it easy on the drink for a while, Natasha. Fiona said. I'm not even that drunk. Well, have you thought about trying to have a bit of fun? Rebecca said. I thought that was the entire point of tonight. To come out and have fun. The comment actually did make Natasha feel guilty. That had been the plan for tonight. They'd been building this up for ages and were supposed to be enjoying themselves. Now here she was, drunk and causing drama. She even came close to apologising. Until the image of their naked bodies together ran through her head like a freight train. Accompanying the image this time were the sounds. She could hear Peter's frantic gasping and Rebecca reciprocating with thick, delicate moans that were as manufactured as the rest of her. Actually, I don't feel well. Natasha promptly stood. Think I'll be back in a minute. When she drifted away from the table, she heard Fiona apologising on her behalf, trying to convince Rebecca it was all just the drink talking. 
Natasha strategically moved out of the line of vision of her friends. She just wanted to turn off her brain and stop overthinking things, to get past the rest of this night as smoothly as possible, and there was only one true antidote. She went to the nearest bar and sifted through the crowd. When the people in front were served, she patiently waited her turn for the bartender to notice her. Someone tapped her shoulder. She veered around. What? I'm just trying to get a drink. She'd expected to see Rebecca or Fiona, preparing to nag her about sneaking off to the bar when she'd had quite enough, but she was shocked to find neither of them. The man was even taller than he seemed from afar, at least six and a half foot. He practically towered over her as he stared down with eyes so piercing they cut through the club lighting. They were blue and shiny, like sapphires.